with help. Lord, we thank you so much that you are here this morning and that you are smiling on us and that we don't have to deserve it. Even if we've been doing things that we knew we shouldn't do, even if we've had attitudes with each other that were not godly, even if we haven't been meeting with you every day in prayer and Bible study, you still love us. There is no condemnation. You said that in your word. And Lord, we receive forgiveness from you this morning. And we receive a new day, Lord. We receive a new year. Lord, your word says that not only are your mercies new once a year on New Year's Day. In fact, it doesn't even say that at all. It says your mercies are new every morning. Every morning. And thank you, Lord. It's always morning somewhere. Thank you, Lord. Even when it's not morning here, it's morning on the other side of the world. And your mercies are new. You love us, Lord. I just declare a new start for anybody in this place that needs it, Lord. Newness of life. New mercies this morning, Lord. A new relationship with you, Lord. Shaking off all the old stuff. We don't look back anymore, but we look forward. And we know that that's where you are. You're right here. And you're even in our future, Lord. And we receive forgiveness from you. We receive blessing from you, Lord. We receive a new attitude from you, Lord. We receive open doors that we don't even know exist. And for every problem that we have, we receive the answer, Lord, in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, to meet everyone's need on whatever level they need you this morning, Lord. I pray, Lord, that where we, we need understanding from you so that we know how to make the, the changes in our lives that we need to change, I ask you, Lord, to guide us in those things and help us, Lord. Have an, give us an anointing of patience and of the ability to hear you and to follow you. And I thank you for it, Lord. For those things that I need this morning, I receive them in Jesus' name. I receive all of those things, Lord. I need wisdom. I need direction. I need help with all the things that I need to do. I need to know how to, how to work it out, how to, how to walk through it how to understand things that are happening. Lord, I need all those things. Lord, there are people here that need healing desperately. There are people here that need physical healing, that need healings in their marriages, that need healings in other relationships, that need healings for their houses, Lord, and, and a, a touch of grace and justice for their insurance company. Lord, we ask you for all those things that we need this morning whether they were mentioned or not. And I want you to say it with me if you receive it. I receive it, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would anoint our pastor as he comes, that you would anoint um, those of us that are going to be speaking with the children in Children's Church. I pray that you would anoint those that have, that have volunteered to become children's workers. Bless them, Lord anoint them. I pray that every service that they miss out here, they'll get a double portion of your blessing and your presence as a result of it. And I receive that for myself too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
haven't seen you guys all year. Um, how many enjoyed the music this morning that we had We had to stand in? His name is Robert Little. He's out talking to, to Gary right now, but appreciate those guys, don't you? And, of course, Carol and Krista always do an amazing job. And it's just really nice to start the new year out that way. Pray for Stephanie. She's not feeling so great today. And Linda, I understand, isn't feeling so good. And there's several others that are just, I guess, uh, Krista's doing here today, but she had a bit of a struggle, struggle this week too. So a lot of us are going through it, aren't we? But man, we're going to make it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad the Lord woke you up this morning? You saw it. 2023? Who'd have ever dreamed 2023? <laughs> Unbelievable. <clears throat> but you get to see it. We get to live this year. How about that? Amen. So we thank you. We thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. And we ask for and receive his grace and favor for this day. Amen. Let's, let's give to the Lord now, make our brand new declaration. So get your gift and just lay your hands on it, begin to declare. You know, the God has got gifts and surprises for you this year. He's got things in store that you haven't even dreamed about. Amen? Do you know, if you were to know... All, <clears throat> Looking back on last year, <clears throat> if you were to know some of the things that you would have faced, you would have not wanted to know them, would you? But um, also, there were some pretty good things that happened, and you had no idea about it, didn't you? Well, there's some things that you have no idea about this year that God is going to pour out his blessing upon you. So we can get excited about that, amen? So are you ready to make your declaration today? As we receive today's offering, I am believing the Lord for jobs, better jobs, raises, bonuses, benefits, salaries, commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates, returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, and blessings increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I re release that on you. In Jesus' name, would you come and give to the Lord now? Hallelujah. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the end. Yeah. 
You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. You are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not faint, you overrow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort That's great. So, Robert, you're here now. We can say it. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you to Gary. Yeah. Amen. Anytime. You guys want him to come back? Okay. He had to drive. He and Carol and James drove all the way from, what, where are you from? Riverview. Good grief. So, God bless him. Amen. It was, it was a foggy day, too. So, just we really are thankful. God is good to us. He just has all kinds of gifts and surprises for us. And um, we are thankful, thankful. Well, God bless our children's church. God bless our children's workers. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to see you all here today. The kids are on their way into the next room. And you know... Those, uh, those children's workers are special people. And they're, they're not just running interference and, and getting those kids out of uh, here. They're really, they work hard at bringing the gospel to them. And you know, sometimes it's hard for kids to, s to receive it because they're too wound up. So it takes special people to try to reach their special needs. Amen. So, Lord, we just bless those ladies back there. Give them an anointing and a power and a Holy Spirit that will overwhelm all the rambunctiousness of those young'uns. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> and, Holy Spirit, I just pray for an anointing today upon you. Well, your word is already anointed, but we need ears to hear what you're saying to us, and, and, and I need an unction to be able to speak for you and on your behalf. So for an anointing today, I pray, hallelujah, give me a divine unction upon my mind and upon my lips in the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. I'm just thrilled and so thankful. I can't thank the Lord enough for his goodness, his mercy. And David, oh yes, thank you, Dave. I've got to pray for this offering. Of all the things I've lost... You guys filled the blank in for me. I didn't even have. <laughs> Do, <laughs> Lord, thank you for what you've given to us. And we return now. And thank you, Lord, that our giving to you is not without 
a blessing. I pray for your blessing to be poured out upon each and every individual and family who has given today sacrificially. Lord, in the midst of this famine that we go through economically in this country, in this world, much of it man-made, nevertheless, Lord, I pray that your provision and your abundance will be poured out upon your people, those who have given today, in Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, um, thanks, fellas. Lord, bless John's back. We want to make that so heavy he is to have somebody help him carry it out. Just joking. <coughs> he doesn't need that kind of encouragement. So um, so I, I just love this time of year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But do you understand that, that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th? Did you guys know that? But that's okay. Neither here nor there. We are thankful to celebrate it. Whenever, because, because he was born. Hallelujah. But here's the, here's the deal. And I don't want to go into a, my point today is not to go into a, make this an educational meeting. But I just want to point out a couple things to you. Lambs, uh, and I'm not a farmer, so I don't, and I don't want to pretend I'm a farmer. But from what my understanding is that lambs only lamb once a year. That's what I've been told. And they lamb in the springtime. That's when the baby lambs are born. Now, in the nation of Israel, do you understand that, that the Lord established the, through Moses that the children of Israel were supposed to sacrifice a lamb on, on behalf of the people? And that sort of came into real popularity around the Passover time. Remember, the children of Israel were getting ready to live, leave Egypt, and God told uh, instructed that every family should take a lamb that was a year old, that was spotless, a male, and sacrifice that lamb for the family. One lamb for a household. And take that blood and apply it to the door of the house. You know, on the top and on the right and on the left of the doorpost. Kind of an interesting picture that it draws, right? So... What happened down through the years is, and that, that was called the Passover. That was called the Passover lamb so that the angel of death would pass over the house that the blood was on, okay? You, we all know that story, so I'm not telling you anything new. So Passover, um, God told uh, Moses in the, in the book of Exodus that that time, Passover season, which was... The, the Jewish months have different names than ours do. Ours have January, February, March, April, May, and so forth. But in, in the Jewish uh, calendar, they have different names. So the, the name of the month that the Passover was to be celebrated on was the month of Nisan, not like the car, okay, but it's pronounced the same way. So on the 1st of Nisan, which is somewhere in March or April on our calendar, okay, it kind of moves because they're, their calendar depends upon the cycles of the sun. So, but on Nisan 1 was supposed to be the new 
year for the children of Israel. Now, previously, in the book of in the book of Genesis, God told the God told Noah to celebrate New Year on the day that the mount that the ark landed on Mount Ararat, and so that was supposed to be the New Year for the New World, you know, because the world was new at that time. So. That is the time of year that the Jews celebrate New Year. That falls on the Feast of Trumpets. All right, so that is like the traditional New Year for the New World. But God changed all of that on Passover. And so now New Year is supposed to be celebrated to the Jewish people on Nisan 1. Now, it just so happens that Nisan 1, they were supposed to sacrifice an animal of the first year but lambs all also calf, or not calf, but lamb once a year. And there, the birth of the lambs is right around the first of Nisan, right in the month of Nisan. So they actually are born, and they are born around the time of the Passover, and they are, the Passover lambs are slain, the Nisan, well, on Nisan 14. But anyway... So the birth and the death date of those sacrificial lambs are at the same time every year. Now, it's fascinating because the Jewish people had a, a deal where they would, uh, where Passover would come, but a lot of people had to travel from far, far away to get to Jerusalem for Passover. And so to save uh, time and money and because the lamb had to be perfect and spotless, well, by the time people brought their lambs to Jerusalem, it could have a broken leg, it could be dirty, it could be a mess by the time they transported it all the way across Israel. So uh, for convenience sake, the Jewish uh, priests and rabbis had, had developed a system where they would, they would raise the lambs and then you could just come to Jerusalem, buy your lamb, that was perfect, and sacrifice it. So the place where they birthed, where the priesthood birthed the lambs was in Bethlehem, which is about as far away as it is from here to Pontagorda, maybe a little less distance. So you could actually walk from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. So they would go to Bethlehem, buy their lambs, and take them to Jerusalem to sacrifice. So it was in Bethlehem that the sacrificial lambs were born. And they had stables for this kind of a thing. They had uh, special places. So it's interesting that in Bethlehem, where the sacrificial lambs were born is where Jesus was born, in the very same place. So it wasn't hard for the shepherds to know when the angels told them there's a baby born, they knew right where to go because it was right where all the other baby lambs were born. Now they were in the fields watching over their sheep because the lambs would want a calf. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying calf. But they would want a lamb in the field, but they would take them to the special stables then where they could be protected from marauders or whatever. So it was in the place where the sacrificial lambs were born that Jesus was born. And it wasn't any, it was a, a year later for the lambs on their, right around the birthday that they were slain. So Jesus' birthday is most likely on the f around the Passover and he was probably slain not long f from his birthday right around his birthday. Isn't that fascinating? So it was, so Jesus died close to his birthday. Now, 
we have this tradition of birthdays have significance to us and all this kind of stuff. But in, in the Jew Jewish tradition, birthdays are not that big of a deal to them. They don't celebrate birthdays like we do. We've gotten to the place where we pretty much commercialize everything we do. You know what I mean? In fact, Christmas was, Christmas was not always celebrated the way we celebrated in the United States in 2023. For a lot of history, Christmas was not celebrated because it was seen as a pagan holiday and it was seen as a, a time of feasting and drinking and exchanging gifts and all this kind of stuff. Now that doesn't bother me so much, but it's just that we've made it into the commercialization kind of a thing, but it never was like that before. In our lifetime, that's all we know it as. And that's okay, because I love Christmas trees. I love all the lights. I just love all that kind of stuff. Because it was during the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, which is right around this time of year, that a miracle happened. It's called the Festival of Lights. It's where, miraculously, during the time of the Maccabees, the, they only found one um, uh, pitcher of oil to light the candle in the Holy of Holies after they'd cleansed it because it was defiled by the Romans, you know. They'd gone into the temple and, and made it so they could sacrifice pigs in there. Well, during the time of the Maccabees, they ran the, the Romans out of town and they cleansed the temple. But in order to cleanse the temple, they had to have the special oil to light the candlesticks. And there was only enough oil for one night but miraculously, when they lit it that one night, the oil lasted all the way through the Festival of Lights by a miracle while they had the temple all cleansed and could make new oil because it takes time for them to make their oil. So that's where we get Hanukkah or the Festival of Lights. <coughs> and that happens around our Christmas time. There's a lot of that stuff. And that's not what I want to get into today. It's, it's very interesting, but that's not necessarily what I want to talk about today, but I do want to visit a story in Luke with, with that as a, as a foundation and as a background. Go to the book of Luke chapter number one and look at this, revisit with me if you would, this story of Mary and the angel visiting her. Did I talk about this, I think, last week a little bit, didn't I? But I want to just review. So in verse number 26 of Luke chapter one, it says, that the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, that's a beautiful story, but watch this. I want you to catch some significance here that I haven't always noticed, and so I want to maybe assume that you didn't either, all right? And when she saw him, oh, oh, so verse number 28, the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored of the Lord. I want you to pay attention to the, to the fact that the angel said she was highly favored of the Lord. That word favor is a word I want to talk about for a bit today. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast about in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor. 
You see, Mary found something she wasn't even looking for. She found favor from the Lord. That's amazing to me. God came to her and said, you found favor. And she didn't even know she was looking for favor, but yet she found it. We're going to talk about favor, but watch this. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Pay attention to this. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Jesus shall be called the son of the highest. Who do you suppose the son of the highest is? Who is the highest? God is the highest. All right. So Jesus shall be called the son of God. Right. We understand that. But here's why I'm making stopping and making reference to that. He shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father. David. So in the same verse, it's saying he shall be called the son of the highest, but. The Lord shall give him the throne of his father, David. Now, that's fascinating to me. How can you have two fathers? God is saying, he's my son, but I'm not afraid to say that he is the son will sit on the throne of his father, David, his earthly forebearer, David. Yet he's my son, but I'm going to let him sit on the throne of his father, David. That perplexity really those kinds of things really fascinate me. To see how that God would entrust. Here is his only. God, the word made flesh, will sit on the throne of his father, David. He preceded David, but yet he followed David. How does that work? And, of course, Mary, you can understand why Mary oftentimes would sit and ponder these kinds of things in her heart because she was as perplexed about it and full of wonder as you and I would be. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Mary wondered how can these things be and I talked about that last week. But this idea of favor, Mary found favor. While you're still in Luke, I'm going to go to the Old Testament in a minute, but turn over to chapter number 2 and verse number 52. Because now we're going to jump ahead in Jesus' life after he's, after he's born and he's living for a while. He's, he's a young boy now. And it says here, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. We understand wisdom and stature. He was, he was beginning to grow up into a nice, tall teenage boy. <clears throat> but he was also growing in favor with God and with man. Now, I can understand him growing in favor with man, can't you? That's getting along with people, being uh, accepted by people. But, he, but Jesus had to grow in favor with God? 
How, how does the Son of God grow in favor with God? Now, growing in favor with man is one thing. We can understand that. He, he, he was able to get along. He, he hobnobbed with the publicans and the sinners, you know? He, he grew in favor with the priests in a way that they were awed at his wisdom, but they didn't like the fact that he would hang around with the publicans and sinners, and they didn't like the fact that he was drawing more people to himself than were being drawn to them. But yet, he was growing in favor with man, but he, at the same time, was growing in favor with God. It's the same word that it says back there in chapter 1, where Mary found favor with God. Mary found favor with God. You know, there was somebody else, there's other people who found favor. There was a guy way back in the Old Testament now where, remember Noah, the fellow who built the ark? The Bible says he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now that word grace and that word favor happen to be the same word there, the word charis, C-A-R-I-S. <clears throat> Have you ever heard of a charismatic or somebody that has a charismatic personality Chariz or charisma? Have you ever heard of that word? That's where it comes from. It's the word grace or favor. He grew in grace. He grew in favor. Isn't it amazing to grow in grace? Grace is one of the things that in the most of the years of my life, I, although I knew of it intellectually, I didn't know of it on a personal basis, and that is the importance and the awesomeness of the grace of God. Because so oftentimes religious people feel like there's, there's an, the necessity to earn God's favor. But you can't earn God's favor. How do you get, how then do you grow in favor with God? Well, let's see if there's any insight in the scripture of how to grow in favor with God. Let me look at a couple of verses with you. Take a look at the book of Romans, chapter number 4. <coughs> now, I've got it in my notes, but I'm going to go there because... I might want to read some of the context. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all seed, not to them only that are which are of the law, but to them which are of the faith of Abraham, who, who is the father of us all. Watch this. It's by faith that it might be of grace. I don't, I don't know how many, times, how many times this revealing of truth continually and repeatedly comes to me that in that is our life as believers is a life of faith. Everything that we do is by faith. None of it is by understanding. Our lives must be lives of faith. Faith and believing in stuff, even though we don't have understanding, it doesn't make a, 
sense to us intellectually, but we believe it by faith. And this whole thing of grace, it is something that God gives to you that you cannot earn even if you wanted to earn it. It's by grace that you're saved. Through faith. And even that faith is a gift of God. And it's not of works. You remember this verse? It's very popular. You've heard it said by me a, a gazillion times, and you've heard it a gazillion times. It's by grace that you're saved, and that grace and that faith is a gift of God, and it's not by works. How many times do we have to hear that, but yet we always try to earn it by works, don't we? Somehow or another, see, and I've said this to you before, if the devil can get you to release and quit living by faith, then he can grab hold of you and get some sort of victory over your life. And Jesus prayed for Peter, and he said, Peter, the devil desires to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. You see, because Jesus sees the importance of you trusting even though you don't have understanding. And Jesus is not just praying for Peter, but he's praying for you that your faith fails not because Satan desires to sift all of us like wheat. And what is the purpose of the sifting? Is that our faith will fail. But he doesn't want your faith to fail. You see, he's on your side. He's rooting for you. Hallelujah. And his grace, his grace comes to you the same way. His grace comes by faith. He says in Romans chapter 11, verse 6, it's by grace that no and no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Can you get any plainer than that? It's grace. It's got nothing to do with works. Well, does that mean that I should just do anything I want? No. You know, you can, you can control your flesh and you can put boundaries on it and you can, you can mortify it, but it's still only by faith that you earn your grace. Your flesh is still flesh. I mentioned this in, in another time when I was talking to people. Jesus said to Nicodemus, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So quit trying to make your flesh spirit. And tr quit trying to make your spirit flesh. That which is born of flesh is flesh. It's always going to be flesh. You can't do anything about that. How many of you have a dog? I don't care how much you domesticate that dog. It's still a dog. It's got a dog's nature in it. And it can be as nice and as clean as as domesticated as it wants to be, but boy, let it out into nature and it becomes a dog real quick. It does dog things. It smells stuff that you wouldn't get close to, you know? In, the, in uh, one of the Middle Eastern countries, whenever we pulled out of that Middle Eastern, what was, where was it that we abandoned everything and left it behind? Afghanistan. <coughs> there were a bunch of military dogs that had been trained by the military, highly, very expensive, highly trained military dogs that we abandoned over there. They were, they were uh, 
sophisticated dogs that have been trained to do all kinds of things. But when we left, we abandoned those dogs. And you know what? They discovered that when those dogs were abandoned, it was not but a matter of days, and those dogs reverted to being dogs again. They reverted to, a, to the pack mentality where they started a hierarchy, and they were in, in packs, and he became packs of wild dogs. Because, you see, they were dogs even though they were treated differently. They had the nature of the dog. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and your flesh is flesh. And if you try to, if you try to earn God's grace with your flesh, it's not going to work. It's only Jesus, that's why Nicodemus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. You need to be born of spirit, you see. And it's only when the spirit part of you is born again, flesh and blood isn't going to, uh, you need to be born of water and of spirit. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So this flesh, the only way that it's going to amount to anything is when it is transformed. When it is one of these days, uh, it's going to be, God is going to remake it into a glorified body. Until then, it's flesh. So don't let it be your master because it'll be a poor master. It'll constantly revert to doing fleshly things. You need to be born of spirit. So, so this spirit shall birth, and the spiritual life is a life of grace. It's no more of works, but it's by grace. You can't earn it by flesh. And then he says here, Ephesians 2, chapter, eight, uh, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, By grace are you saved through faith. With read. Ephesians 4, 7, To every one of us is given grace. How do you get grace? It's the gift. God gives you grace. There's another verse that comes to my mind, which I didn't look up right now, but you can Google it while I'm talking if you want to. It says, of him are ye in Christ. Of him are ye in Christ. How do you get into Christ? By earning it, by doing catechisms, by taking out membership, doing philanthropic things. No, he is the one that puts you into Christ. And when God puts you into Christ, now you have the grace that God poured out. Jesus grew in, in favor with men and favor with God. That favor, that charis, is something that God gives to you. And it's only when you live in his favor and his grace. You know, it's only like Mary when you discover you found something that you weren't even looking for. Mary found grace. God has, God has given you grace. Hallelujah. So, so what's that got to do? I want to try to tie the bow up here on a minute, but let me give you a couple other verses. Hebrews. Chapter number 4, verse number 16. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help in time of need. You, you, don't, have to, you don't have to come meet, you know, all you know, half guessing, but you can come boldly onto the throne of grace because of what Jesus did for you. <coughs> so, so Jesus comes along. He gives you grace. He gives you the capacity to get something that you couldn't earn. He gives you the favor. He gives you the grace. He gives you the charis. He gives you the charisma. He makes you charismatic. Hallelujah. You can't join to be a charismatic. He makes you charismatic. Fills you with his grace. Hallelujah. <coughs> but then I want to take you. I'm still going to take you to the Old Testament. But let me take you further in, into the New Testament. Okay. Let's go all the way actually to the very end. To the book of the Revelation. You know, some people are afraid of Revelation because, because they seem to think that Revelation is for some time in the future. And so, since we're not already into that end, totally into those last days, a lot of the stuff that's in here doesn't apply to us today because it was for back then. But do you understand <coughs> that one of the spiritual concepts is that Remember Jesus, and I've told you this before, Jesus said to Mary, it's not yet my time. My time has not yet come. And you know what Mary said? She didn't even answer him. She just said to the fellows around, do whatever he says. Because you see, Mary, Mary was in this place where she had found favor. And, sh and she began, she knew, you see, sh you don't just... You don't just have a child without knowing the father. And she knew the father. She began to know who he was. Hallelujah. And, and she began to know his heart. She carried in her womb for nine months. She carried in her womb for nine months the seed of the father to the degree... Actually, it was the Holy Spirit that came upon her. So she had, she had a child of the Holy Spirit. So when she walked into a room where her, where her uh, cousin was, the child inside of her cousin's womb was filled with the Holy Ghost because the seed of the Holy Ghost walked into that room. And there was a power that she carried you cannot just carry the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you that long and not have it change something inside of you. <clears throat> it changed the way she thought. <clears throat> she was, you know, Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. That's pretty powerful words for the Son of God to say. So don't feel bad if you find out that you can't do too much either. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. I only do what I see my father do, and I only do what I hear my father say. Well, was God showing himself to Jesus? Was Jesus hearing God's voice all the time? You know how, well, yeah, he was, but you know how he was doing it? <clears throat> he saw a centurion man who said to him, you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, Man, I haven't seen that kind of faith in all of Israel. 
he, he, there was a lady that came up and touched the hem of his garment. See, these were Gentiles. These weren't Jews. And she was healed, and Jesus felt the virtue come out of him, and he said, man, I haven't, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. He saw and he heard what the Father was telling him by the encounters that he had with people that had great faith, and Jesus began to see the heart of the Father. He heard it in the voice of his mother when he said, do something that's outside your time. And he did it, and the water became wine. So, you see, the Alpha and the Omega is able to know the end from the beginning. And so time is not a concern to him. So when you go to the book of the Revelation, you don't need to be all confused about, well, that's for this time and that's for this time, because you're talking to the one who lives outside of time. And, and it's okay for you to reach into tomorrow and bring in today. In fact, Jesus encourages you to do that. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He wants you to pull the heaven to, of today into the earth of today. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. But you know what? A lot of us aren't even appreciating the one that we live in right now. There's a heaven it's not something that you're not supposed to have access to. You're supposed to say, that heaven that exists now, may it be in that heaven as it is in this, may it, may it be in this earth as it is in that heaven. He wants us to pull into today things that, are, that may not even be seemingly for today because he wants you to live outside of the time domain. Time is a funny thing, you know. Time is something that we don't really think about too much. But let's jump in a spaceship all right now, okay? And let's just zoom way up into the, into, the, into the outer space, okay? Let's just get in there and let's zoom up to outer space. Now let's get up there, oh, maybe somewhere fly around where Elon Musk's satellites are, okay? And let's just park there for a minute. All right, what time is it? Tell me, tell me what time is it? Are you going to look at your watch and tell me what time it is? What if you're going over Australia right now and your watch says at this time, but you're way up, what time is it? You know, time can change. All you got to do is get a few feet in the air and time changes. So what time is it really? Well, it's time when the earth, you know, the earth, the sun revolves. Yeah, but, but what's time? And God lives in that air. God lives in that place, you see. But, but you and I get so stuck in time, so when we read the Bible, all we're doing, you see, the Bible says this, don't be conformed to the world. You know what it means to be conformed to something? Take on the form of, conformed, form. Don't be conformed to this world, but be metamorphed, be metamorphed. That's what it really means, be transformed, metamorphed. You know what metamorphosis is because you studied butterflies in school. Be metamorphed, and how do you get metamorphed? By the renewing of your mind. Now watch this. So let's go to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21 and verse number 5. It says this. 
He that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write these words. Write, for these words are true and faithful. Now, is that, does that mean that someday in the sweet by and by, he's going to make all things new? Is that what it says? In the sweet by and by, I will make all things new. Well, verse number 6 says this, And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. That sounds interesting. I remember him telling somebody else that one time. Remember he told somebody else that? But that was a long time ago, and this is for another time. So time doesn't seem to have a lot of bearing here because he told a woman at the well, if any man will drink the water that I drink, he'll never thirst again. Remember that? Remember that story? And then he said to her, he revealed the secret to that Gentile. Well, she wasn't Gentile. She was a half, half Jew, half, half whatever, because the Samaritans were half, half breeds. And that's not a good word, but he revealed the secret to her that he didn't reveal to anybody else. He said, woman, the time comes and now is. When they that worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, because he is the beginning and the end, the one who's sitting on the throne. Christ is seated with God now, and we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So this is already happening, and see, he is the one who makes all things new. We're talking about New Year's today, see? I want to make this New Year message for you. He is the one who makes all things new. Now, <clears throat> I didn't make this up. I wish I did because it sounds good to me. But I heard a preacher say one, uh, one time, and I, can't know, I don't know if I'll quote him right, but he said, the one who has the power to make all things new also has the power to make all things old. And I thought to myself, no, that's an interesting comment. Because when all things become new, that means that some things have become old. And the scripture says, old, forgetting those things which are behind. Behold, I make all things, old things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. Hallelujah. Now stop and think about this. When Jesus changes your life and he makes everything new, that means he also made everything old. Some things are all old, and those things are passed away. And now we live in the new. Oh, but what about, what about every time I goof up? Because I goof up on a daily basis. But you know what? His mercies, his caress, his favor is new every morning. So he's making th all things new on a continual basis. So as he's making everything new, he's making everything old at the same time. But I need grace 
Now, I don't know about you, but I need it more than once a day. Do you need it more than once a day? Because sometimes I goof up first thing in the morning. But you know what? What's that? <laughs> I am thankful that he makes things new many times a day. It, in fact, he even said, because you know when he made things new? It, everybody in the world has a calendar. We got the Chinese calendar. We got the Mayan calendar. We got the Jewish calendar. We got the American calendar. But you know what's fascinating? About the calendar that most people use today, he even made that new. He even made the calendar new because now everything is B.C. and A.D. Well, I know some people want to say, well, that means before the common era. Yeah, but what's the common era that you're talking? It's before Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, when he came, he made some things old. He made some things new. Hallelujah. He changes everything. He makes it new. So I don't know if whether you want to say New Year's is December or January 1st or if it's a Nissan one. It really doesn't matter because the newness comes from a person, not from a time zone. He makes all things new. Hallelujah. And he makes things new continually. Hallelujah. His grace, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And it happened, the newness came when that sacrificial lamb that was born on Nisan 1 was slain on a cross on Nisan 14. And it was during that when he was died and when he raised from the dead, he made all things new. He continually renews things. And that's why you need to, the transform, transformation comes when you renew your mind. How do you renew this mind? By putting on it a helmet of salvation. And start thinking saved and not thinking unsaved stop your stop your unsaved way of thinking and start thinking saved I am a new creation I am a son of God I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus this you say well that's denial it certainly is it's the new way of thinking and Jesus said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are showing the renewal process that I did for you on the cross. You are, you can, he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. Now, he didn't say like churches do on the first Sunday of the month. Right? He said as often as you do. So do you know Brothers and sisters, you could do this privately as often as you want to. You can do it at home. You can do it with your spouse. You can do it without your spouse. Almost sounds like Dr. Seuss. You can do it in a box and with a fox. Not really. But as often as you want to, you can take this, and what it does is it shows the renewal process that his death brought it into your life until he comes, and then you won't need it anymore because 
then you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And you'll see him. And when you'll see him, you'll be like him. For you shall see him as he is. And when you shall see him as he is, you'll see yourself for who you are, as you are, too. Right now, you don't know what you are because you can't see yourself from his point of view. But he wants you to start thinking of... He wants you to think about yourself the way he thinks about you. Hallelujah. This is this kind of a this kind of a revealing of the scripture has been a personal liberating and freeing thing. Because it doesn't depend upon how good or how bad I am on a particular day. It's got all about him and very little, if not, nothing to do about me. Hallelujah. So he says, I make all things new. He says, he that sat on the throne said, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. You can take this to the bank. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. And I will give to him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, he said in the book of Matthew 28, 18, all power is given unto me. So Jesus has the power to make all things new. Now, all power is given to him. That means that the devil doesn't have any. Now, I've had some debates with people about this because they say, well, but, the, but then how come? Well, according to... I. I don't know a lot of answers about a lot of deep theological things, but I do believe what God's word says as it says it. And when it says that all power is given unto Jesus, my little pea of a brain says there's nothing left for anybody else if it's all been given to him. And I choose to believe this and the other people I choose not to believe. So I know that he has the power to make all things new because all the power has been given to him. And he can make all things new in my life and all the old stuff is gone. It's passed away. It's not me anymore. It's, in, it's under the blood. It's forgotten. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. I died with him. I was buried with him. When he died on the cross, I did too. When did he die on the cross? Before I got here. So I was dead before I was born. Hallelujah. I know this is a goofy way of thinking, but you know what? It's goofy to the unregenerated mind. But it makes perfect sense from the economy of heaven. And I'm from a different kingdom. So I'm an alien. Are you an alien? You believe in aliens? I am, I am not only human anymore. I am not natural. I am supernatural. 
<laughs> there's there's two thirds of me that you can't see. All you see is the one third of me that is perishing daily, day by day, day by day. My outward man perisheth, but my inner man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. And one of these days, this natural man that's perishing day by day is going to catch up with my spiritual man because when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ, now I, you know, I'd like to be there when he comes. And I, that's what my goal is. But, I, but that was my dad's goal too. And that was my grandpa's goal too. And, but, and, and that's my goal. But however it happens, I know that I'm going to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And this, this old flesh is going to catch up with the spiritual man because I'm born of water and of spirit. Hallelujah. You know, that born again, what it really translates out to be is born from above. Hallelujah. Do you understand that there's a new life in me, the same new life that came into Mary? It's by the, the same Spirit. You see, it was the Holy Spirit that came and hovered over Mary and she conceived the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if he dwells in you, he'll quicken your mortal body as well. By the same spirit. It's the same spirit. It's not a bunch of spirits. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit that hovered over the world when it was formless and void. Whew, that same Holy Spirit dwells in you. How does he fit? He does. He makes your body his temple. Hallelujah. He fits in there somehow and he fits in you. And now he doesn't give <coughs> percentage to me and a percentage to you. And little people, he gives them a little bit. And then he gives adult size. And then, you know, it's like the root bear in the A&W. You know, you got the mama bear and the papa bear. No, he doesn't give it to you inside. How many don't know what I'm talking about? In the olden days at the root bear, a&W, you got the baby root bear and the mama root bear. No, the Holy Spirit's not like that. He gives you the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All of you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus. God came in the flesh. Jesus came in the Spirit, and he fills you with his fullness. Whereas Jesus could be one place at a time, Holy Spirit can be everywhere at and it's the same spirit that dwells in you, that dwells in me. Hallelujah! You all right? This is, this is new year. And he has, he has come to make all things new for you every day. Every day should be a new year, a day of new hope, a day of new charis for you, new favor, new grace Hallelujah. <clears throat> oh, but there's going to be some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel at the top of your game. But you know what? You want to know a little secret? He is the same. No matter how you feel. And he is the same on your 
bad days as he is on your good days. And on your good days, he's great, but he's even just the same on your bad days. It's real. So it doesn't really matter how you feel that day. He's still amazing in you. Hallelujah! You are still victorious even though you don't feel victorious. Amen. And his grace is enough to get you through. Oh, yeah, the world's falling down around my shoulders, and this person's, this is getting my relatives, and these people are picking on the insurance company and all that kind of stuff, but Jesus is the same. Hallelujah! And he's still victorious in me. Yeah, but you don't know my husband and my wife and my kid. Oh, but the grandchildren, oh, the house and the car and the, the wheels are falling off. It, you, you wouldn't. Be. Jesus Christ is within me and he is victorious. Hallelujah. But gas prices and the president and me. No, but Jesus is the same. Hallelujah. <laughs> are you happy? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the same one who has the power to make all things new has the same power to make all things old. Thank you, Lord. You, like Noah, can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. You, like Mary, can find favor in the eyes of the Lord. So let's go to verse number 26 of chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. I got it. This is the Apostle Paul's rendition of this because Paul was an amazing fellow. He got, a, he got to do something that I wish I could have a chance to do. There's some guys in the Bible I just envy them. Is it okay to envy, covet earnestly the best gifts? I, I, I covet, the, I, I envy Enoch being able to just walk with God. I envy Elijah being able to just take chariot rides every once in a while. You know, he did it often. And, and I, I envy the fact that Paul got to spend personal time with Jesus. One-on-one. -on -one. The disciples didn't even get that. So when he writes about the communion, what we call the communion, he says, in chapter number 11, I received this from the Lord. He had a personal revelation. He wasn't there at the, at the Passover meal with the disciples and Jesus, but he received something from the Lord that Jesus, and he says, I received it from the Lord, and I'm going to deliver it to you. This is verse 23. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Why? So we could remember all of Jesus' suffering and the amount of blood that he lost and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, no, that's not why he wants us to remember. He wants us to remember that because it's that he was that Passover lamb that happened at the new year, which br brings you into a perpetual new year every time you partake of his flesh and drink of his blood. He's making all things new for you again, and he wants you to remember that over and over and over again. So sometimes you and I can't seem to remember stuff. 
So we have to have reminders, don't we? We have to constantly have reminders. You know what I learned? I learned that when hurric this hurricane Eon came through, that I've, I depended upon those signs that told the names of the streets. And they were gone. I needed remembrance. I needed something to give me remembrance. Amen? Especially down here, they keep building all these new houses and the landmarks are changing, so now I need to use the signs again. So I need remembrances. Amen? Because when all the trees are down, it looks different. So I need things to give me remembrance. So oftentimes I need to have something that causes me to remember that he makes all things new. And that's why I partake of this often. Let's just take a minute and let you come up and get yours, okay? Just take a few minutes and come grab one for yourself, your spouse, the people next to you. Grab it for your whole row. And let's get ready to take this remembrance and remember about the all things new. Jesus said, he gave thanks and he broke the bread and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Now we don't want anybody left out, so <coughs> we have to remember the sound people and the nursery people and because uh, we don't want anybody left. And if you, you know, there's a lot of people that are watching on the Internet right now, so if you're at home, uh, go ahead and grab an extra cup of coffee and a donut or something, whatever is nearby to eat and drink, and you just have communion with us, all right? He said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the New Testament, the New Covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are showing the Lord's death till he comes. Why is it important for you to show the Lord's death? Because his death is your death. He didn't die for himself. He died for you. So in showing his death, you're reminding yourself and every power of darkness that wants to mess you up, you're reminding them that you died too. Hallelujah. When you died, he died. When you rose, he rose. When he ascended, you ascended. When he was seated at the right hand of the Father, you are seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. You are two places at one time right now. <coughs> by location. So, let's take the one end where the bread is and let's open that up. <coughs> it is by his stripes that we were and we are healed. Do you believe that? So there are certain things about you that aren't true. 
Because his word says that you're healed. Your body is trying to tell you other things. So you need to remind yourself about this. And bring yourself into remembrance. And even though your body is, is diminishing day by day, you need to remind it. It doesn't really matter because he said I'm healed and I'm going to believe what he said, not what I feel. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for and receive your healing based upon your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the bread. And it says that after supper, he took the cup, same way, and said this is the new covenant. So it's once for all. Now, you see, you don't need to crucify Jesus over and over and over again. His blood was sprinkled once for all for your sins. So then what happens when you sin again? Well, you wash yourself with the water of the word. You don't need to shed the blood again. You wash yourself in the water of the word. Amen? The blood is able, but it's the remembrance of this original shedding of his blood to remind you of who you are. He can save you and he can keep you. Amen? So, our Lord, we thank you for the power that's in your blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And it's by your grace that we're saved and we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through the power of your blood shed for us. And we drink this now in remembrance of the newness. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we partake of the cup? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for grace. I thank you for favor. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for new beginnings. Thank you for new mercies every morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your shed blood once for all. Thank you for your word. Thank you for healing. Thank you for, for providing everything that we need according to your riches. 
Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You shall bring forth fruit in your season, no matter what season it is. Your leaf will not wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and who is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and honor and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Happy New Year. Love one another. And we'll see you tonight at 630. Bless you.